the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name MC, and with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, El Robles. What's up, guys? All right, guys, as you can hear, we're on Zoom, um, mainly because there's some work being done at Edward's bathroom. So if you guys yeah. hear any, any backroom noise, that, well, there's, there's that. <laughs> but also, All I know is I'm going to get a badass toilet, and I need that shit. <laughs> No pun intended. It's going to be a low-flow toilet? (laughs) No, no, no. Screw that low-flow nonsense. (laughs) Uh, If you guys ever watched King of the Hill, I don't think you'll get that reference. But anyways, um, well, originally the reason why we were going to have a Zoom was was also, well, I mean, just happens to benefit Edward because of that. But we were going to actually have Kelsey from High Low Sports um, on here, which if you guys don't know about High Low Sports, uh, well, Kelsey from High Low Sports. He's also he's the third member of Unhinged FC, um, and he, he his personal podcast is High Low Sports. Um, we were planning on having him here, uh, which obviously, by the way, because this is episode forty, so you know that's right, a right. pretty pretty cool milestone, I guess you can say. Um, but uh, you know, he just so right now he's doing a kind of similar to what. Uh, Far on the bench and high low sports were doing for the NCAA tournament, which was they were in a in, in a color cast competition. Which for those who don't know what color cast is, it's a it's an app that I believe right now is only on iOS. I don't think Android has it, but it's essentially kind of a substitute for hearing somebody else commentating. So, for instance, if you're just not a fan of the commentating of Joe Buck, well, you can go check on color cast and you can listen to maybe somebody that 
knows the game, knows the game, but at the same time isn't as annoying as Joe Buck is. I don't know why I'm calling out Joe Buck. Joe Buck's not too bad. <laughs> You're calling him out. <laughs> but I know Joe. Okay, I think it's because I know a lot of people hate Joe Buck. I think that's re- I, like if there's one thing I know, like if, if Joe Buck is trending on Twitter, it's not for good reasons, and it's probably just because like everyone gets mad because. Like gets mad at him announcing because oh he only favors the other team. Well, anyways, yeah. but so, so essentially that's what color cast is. And once again, far on the bench and um, high low sports are competing in this time being the NBA playoffs. So right now, as we're recording, is you know Kelsey and um, his his co-host from High Low Sports are currently announcing a basketball game. Don't. Don't ask me what basketball. I think he sent it to us in the in, in the unhinged group chat, like what what game he's announcing. But I didn't I didn't really look. <laughs> so, but I know he's announcing right now. So that's the only reason why we don't have Kelsey. Hopefully, we'll get we'll get him down here. We'll get down here. We'll get him on a few on a future episode because I think uh, I uh, we love our dynamic with Kelsey. I think we hit it off real quickly with Kelsey, and then this guy lives. Oh, yeah. This guy lives in Iowa, and he he's able to connect with these two idiots from Texas. So yeah. So, it, yeah. It, but yeah, I mean, but crazy, crazy pack show. Um, we got we got some more coaching changes, rumors, some more transfer watch. We got some headlines, a debate topic this time, um, which is going to be funny. How we're going to talk about our debate topic, and it's going to lead to us recapping the Concacaf Nations League final. And um, another game as well. So we do have some game recaps. We're going to announce our players of the week. We, Like I said, we were planning on having Kelsey here. So Kelsey did give me a player of the week. So we will go ahead and announce Kelsey's player of the week as well. Um, and we're going to preview the 2020 Euros. You heard that right. The 2020 Euros. And the 2021 Copa America. Because, Edward, it's official. We're kicking off the summer of soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Better way. So we're going to preview those two tournaments. We'll also have some games to preview something, some games that you should guys should be looking forward to this com- that's coming up uh, once you hear this episode. And of course, wrap things up with a three up, three down with a topic. It's music, uh, music specific. So that could either, once again, you guys know that we do the, the singing bets. So oh yeah, <laughs> so this could be, this could be some, some ammo for, for future episodes, I guess you can say um, for that. Right. But yeah, man, so like I said, jam-packed show. We got to get to it. But before we do, I want to uh, just uh, say to to the family members of, of uh, I'm trying to remember the other player's name, and I feel so horrible that I'm, I'm, I'm over here trying to figure out the guy's name. Uh, what are you trying to figure out there, sir? Um, so there was an, Ita- uh, a, an Italian player uh, who actually recently uh, passed away due to suicide. Uh, oh man! Um, due to racial abuse is was the specific reason, and the reason why we know that is because of uh, he left a letter uh, from that incident, and um, it, it it was just really hard to, to to just receive that news, just because of the fact that um, he was he was only twenty years old, and the player's name was uh, Saeed Vison. Um, he he was an ex uh, AC Milan youth product. Um, also played uh, for Benevento as well. Um, like I said, he he ended up uh, passing away. He was adopted by an Italian family. He's originally from Ethiopia, but like I said, he um, he sadly took his own life due to racist abuse. Um, and so, like I said, uh, you know, I'm all, I like 
Edward can tell you, most people can tell you. I, I, I do speak against, uh, I speak on topics that deal with race and that's just because of, it's an ongoing issue and I know it's not going to end very quickly, but uh, like I said, one of the things I do believe in in order to get this uh, done is that we have to address the issues and, and I will always address the issues and it's, and it's unfortunate that, that this happened to this young man, like I said, 20 years old, that's, he had his whole life ahead of him. Um, yeah. and, and unfortunately he's no longer here and um, yeah, so. rest in peace. Cause as Seth has said, that's, that's, that's nothing to just, you know, go fall about or scoff about like that. That's, that's real. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it does happen. It doesn't have to be in Italy. It happens all around the world and all of all different countries and everything. It's just, yeah. it's sad that people do feel that way because of, you know, racism, even though everyone, especially and, when it comes and, to the and soccer not only, world, not only say that, no to racism. Yeah, as well. I definitely agree with that. But not only that, but obviously this also kind of pertains also to mental health. Um, so that's also another thing that uh, we would like to, I, I like to speak more on at, one, at some point. But I know, yeah. I know a lot of people on Unhinged do, do speak on mental health, uh, especially uh, Time to BS definitely is a, pro, a ver, someone that speaks on mental health. Um, and obviously, you know, racial abuse was one thing, but obviously if he was able to, to speak to somebody, um, you know, who knows what would, what could have happened for him. Um, so obviously make sure you that, uh, take time. And if you need to, to speak out and, um, you know, to, to help yourself, go and seek help. And then obviously those people that whenever someone comes to you in need of help, make sure you do take the time and listen because you don't know how, how helpful that little bit amount of time just by hearing somebody speak can be very helpful. Um, so. Um, like I said, rest in peace to uh, Saeed Sin. Um, and so we'll go ahead and get going with the show, but we'll go ahead and take a, a very brief uh, moment of silence. Hector, what was your New Year's resolution? Same one as every year. Read more. Why every year? Well, with school and work, it is simply hard to find time to read. What if instead of reading, you listen to someone read your books for you on Audible? Audible? Audible has a large library of audiobooks that you can listen to at your convenience. I like listening to my audiobooks on my way to work. What if I don't like Audible? You can start a 30-day free trial when you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash insert name FC podcast. You'll be supporting the insert name FC podcast along with finally getting that New Year's resolution done. Thanks. Now I'm going to start a 30-day free trial. And we are back. All right, Edward. Here are some of the coaching rumors or changes that have been going since we we did the last one, which I, like I said, this will be more like a weekly thing um, from here on now, just because now we're kind of going into the uh, soon going into the transfer window. I don't know if it's open yet, but we'll be we'll be hearing more news of players moving elsewhere, or unless yeah. they're unless they're just out of contract, and then they 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 kind of are are free to discuss to talk to whoever they want. But here, along with players, there there are changes with managers because obviously, if you didn't have a good season. You probably got fired, or if a manager had a really good year, they're probably going elsewhere. So here are some coaching changes or rumors. Laporta promises Coleman will stay. I know that's... Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, 
I was really, I was really hoping on that Shavi rumor. Honestly, I, I bet you, I bet you were. You so, bet my so, city. Good, so good news for me. Ancelotti is returning to Real Madrid. Oh man. This was a guy that I was very, uh, it was a big head scratcher for me for when they chose to fire him. Um, obviously, he's the, the man that is responsible for La Decima. Um, I think yeah. he has some, in my honest opinion, I, I believe he has some unfinished business. So I'm very excited to see Carlo Ancelotti back in Real Madrid. Um, and to add things to it, Rafa Benitez is interested in the Everton job that obviously is now open. <laughs> uh, Conte is interested in Tottenham. Inzaghi to Inter Milan, it is official. He will be the successor for Conte. It's funny how all these are kind of connecting right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like I said, kind of like what uh, obviously we just said like very early that Laporta was promising on Coleman staying. Coleman will be staying in Barcelona. So that is official. And weirdly enough, we're coming back to this. Conte is possibly thinking about the MLS. Wow. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I think it's just probably because like Tottenham, I, I feel like Conte is more interested in Tottenham than Tottenham's interested in Conte, um, which is crazy thing because I think Conte is a very good manager. I know I've said my things that his tech is a little outdated, but you know he's still a really good manager. He's very solid defensively. Could be something that could help Tottenham personally just because him being defensively savvy. But I mean, you know, if Tottenham is really focused on trying to bring back their boy Pochettino, I mean, what, what else can you say? But so those are, as of right now, since we're recording right now on Monday, because remember, we record these on Mondays and we drop the episodes on Fridays. This is the, as much as we have now uh, as far as managers. Now for Transfer Watch, Edward, Arsenal are interested in Tabsoba. Hakimi and Lataro have a price, says agent. Ooh. So there is a price. So there could these two could be leaving Inter Milan. Oblak could yeah. be could be leaving Atletico Madrid. Wow. Well, I wonder where he would go. Like, I mean, he's he's a hell of a goalkeeper. So I'm pretty sure everybody has his eye on it. This is a straight up luxury move. I think if you go get Oblak because he's an instant upgrade. Depending, oh, obviously, not every team needs a. He's a world class goalkeeper, and I think any team could use his his services. But um, we'll see what happens there. But he's it's a possibility. I don't think that he necessarily wants to leave Atletico Madrid. I mean, he demands a legend right now in Atletico. But yeah, um, obviously, I guess he, 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 he won't be denying at least to listen to people's offers. But yeah, Arsenal and Tottenham right. are targeting uh, our target. Tony is not for sale. So I believe I believe he plays for Brentford. Um, so. <clears throat> So I, I guess Brentford obviously are getting promoted to the English Premier League. So obviously they want to keep some of their players intact. And Tony is probably one of the guys that they don't want to leave. Um, Manchester City to offer Sergio Ramos a two-year deal. What? That's just that's just a rumor, though, right? It is a it's a rumor, but it's it's coming from some really big sources. So, oh shoot! Damn. So, Maybe uh, our, that PSG Super Team won't happen. We'll see. Arsenal target Buendia. Uh, Arsenal target Buendia has a thirty million dollar price tag, or thirty million euros to be more specific, but price tag of thirty million euros. Uh, AC Milan to make an offer for Giroud. Uh, Arsenal are leading in a race for Sterling. I don't know who wow. else is in this race, but apparently Arsenal's leading it. But in my, mm. from what I've been reading, it seems like Arsenal is the only team in the race for Sterling. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Um, AC Milan are in talks to keep Tamari. So um, I believe Tamari is a lone player from Chelsea. Um, so they're oh, wow. looking to bring Tamari to keep Tamari. So, and I, I mean, he's looks really good. He's really solid. So I definitely think that that would be a good move for AC Milan. Uh, Nuno Mendes linked with Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Manchester United. So, mm, I mean, that's enticing. Yeah, some, um, yeah I mean, shit. Ramsey I mean, believe. Oh, oh, you know what you were saying? Uh, Ramsey to leave Juventus. I mean, that's no brainer. I mean, they have too many midfielders as it is. So, yeah. Not like a huge loss for Juventus, to be honest. Right. Um, Matthew Kuna linked to Leeds United and Liverpool. Hmm. Leeds United target DePaul has a 40 million euro price tag. Dang. That's for, wow. I don't, well, can Leeds afford it now? I think they can. They can, right? Uh, I'm sure they got some, some good money. Um, Barcelona set to announce Emerson. Um, oh wow! So it looks like Sergino Des will be get, having some competition at the right back spot at Barcelona. Yeah. Um, PSG and Man City are favorites for Harry Kane. Yeah, I read about that one. So maybe the super team is not not out just yet. Um, uh, Manchester United is interested in Trippier. Uh, oh Onana, yeah. Uh, Ajax goalkeeper who's currently facing a suspension uh, possible to Arsenal. An interesting move, especially because I, I don't know what they're going to do with Leno. Um, Lukaku wants to stay in Inter Milan. Uh, Atalanta to keep Romero. Uh, I believe that was a player that they were loaning out. They, they, had, they, yeah. had loan, they, they had, were in the team loan, and I'm sure they're going to look to try to keep him. Uh, Vaz, Luis Vasquez ends up signing an extension to 2024 with Real Madrid, but don't, don't, get, don't get too excited. I'm sure that there's still probably some transfer offers for. Uh, Lucas Va- Luis Vasquez. Lucas Vasquez. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? I was like, oh. <laughs> the disrespect to this guy that I'm giving. But anyways. Then, yeah. Uh, Dembele and no rush for contract, uh, which is that's Barcelona's Osan Dembele. He's no rush for a contract. Uh, 70 million euros for Varen from Manchester United. Quite the offer. I mean, they do need a Damn. center back. It's a pretty big yeah. offer. Um, especially in Especially with Mohamed just trying to make some moves this this off season, um, Mbappe yeah. is very quiet on his PSG future. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's a big target right now for, I mean, uh, for a lot of teams. Well, no, I mean, you may say a lot of teams, but everybody already knows that he's like basically the target for Real Madrid. Like, it's just he's the main one. And I mean, if, the if, they're, if they have their eyes on Harry Kane, <laughs> yeah, but so. we'll, we'll see what happens there. Chelsea and Man City want Locatelli, um, which is a promising young center defensive midfielder from Italy. I believe right now plays for Sassuolo. Uh, yep. Gir- Giroud and Silva extend with Chelsea. Uh, Carlos, mm-hmm. Carlos Tevez announces his retirement. Though it's kind of a question mark because he kind of left it, left it on a cliffhanger as well. So he might, he might come back. This one's probably going to be more relieving for you, Edward. Well, now them to PSG. Yeah. He ends, up, <laughs> he ends up giving Barcelona the biggest psych in the world and ends up signing really with P- big. And leaves for PSG. Yeah. No, no, that I'm, sure, is, I'm sure you're not losing sleep on that. <laughs> not really, but still, it was like, 
damn, like that is the biggest F you that you can think of. Like every, it, basically everything was all said and done and all of a sudden, it's basically the, uh, what was it? The Verati move. Yeah, basically. It's like all over again. Okay. Aston Villa beats Arsenal and gets Buendia from Norwich City for 35 million euros. Aston Villa beat Arsenal. Wow, so basically we, we just squashed the two, the transfer rumor that Arsenal yeah. um, target Buendia. All he right, lost all right. to Aston Villa. Damn. I mean, well, I mean, so from what I what, from what I heard, Buendia actually has the same agent as Emmy Martinez, and for those who don't know who Emmy Martinez is, he's currently the goalkeeper for Aston Villa, but he was also he was the he was the backup goalkeeper for Arsenal. Um, though he he's been with he was with Arsenal for a very long time, and then um, he was actually who the goalkeeper that took over once Leno got injured last year, and you know, obviously Arsenal made a pretty good run. Near, you know, obviously near the end of the English Premier League season, and and ended up winning the FA Cup, and also winning the, was also the goalkeeper that won the Community Shield. So I mean, Emmy Martinez does have a lot of love from the Arsenal fans, but obviously he wants to be a starting goalkeeper. Goes to Aston Villa and looks like a beast out there. And apparently, I guess the agent was like, "Okay, yeah, let, we're not touching Arsenal. Come to Aston Villa." So I mean, but adding more into that, Arsenal are now in pursuit of Ruben Neves. Of Ooh, oh Hamlet. wow! So, uh, and then Giroud hints at Milan move. The man just signed an extension with Chelsea, and he is hinting at a possible move. That's what, I mean, shoot, you can't really discount the guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just, I just, I just don't know. But yeah, um, and then Leicester a left back who I believe is 35 years old, uh, fucks. Fudge. I'm not trying to say fuck, but I mean, it's kind of I mean, hard, I mean, hard not to say fuck. It's kind of hard. Yeah, it's uh, 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 Fuchs. Yeah, let's go. Wait, where's, he, where's he from? Where's he from? Where's he I, from? I have no idea, but it does seem like a German or Eastern European name. German, more specific, more accurately, I'm getting. But anyways, he's going to Charlotte FC, so he's going to be the premier. I guess the the big sexy signing for for Charlotte FC is getting a 35 year old fullback. Okay. Um, PSG saying that Mbappe will never be sold. I'm just kind of okay. Um, that's a bold statement from, from PSG, but I mean, he could just not sign a contract with you and then he could just leave and sign with whoever the fuck he wants. So better to get, better to get something for him than get nothing. So uh, that's a bold statement from PSG's side. And then, I don't really think I don't really think that they're gonna not sell him. There's no way that he's gonna be like staying there. I mean, when have you known that PSG has a player that stayed there forever? Exactly. You know, I mean, they, they had they had Ronaldinho at one point. Yeah, but he he was young. It wasn't like he was that, that's what I'm saying forever. though. Like they're not necessarily a team that's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna retain our best players. I mean, they don't. Let's put it this way: they don't have a Messi. They don't have a Xavi. They don't have an Insta that they're bringing well, up. Speaking of Messi. PSG going for Messi. I mean, this was a no-brainer. We've known this for a long time, but they kind of went yeah. ahead and brought that up again. Uh, Arsenal are pushing. Our top priority is to sign Odegaard, and we just we just found out that PSG made an offer to Gigi Donnarumma for fourteen and a half million euros a year contract. Um, 
Donnarumma can really speak to whoever he wants. He can make a deal with whoever he wants because he's 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 not contracted to any team, so he can literally hear out anybody. But it looks like PSG are are going strong for him, which hurts my feelings because you guys all know at this point what goalkeeper I have been fighting for to people to give him his respect and his dues. And a move like this clearly just says "fuck you" to Kaylor Navas. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. I, just, I would get a younger goalkeeper, may not, because Donnarumma is an instant starter, kind of similar to to um, to uh, Oblak, even though Oblak has the experience. But this is a luxury move, and you know, like, and I hate saying that because obviously that means that he's instantly an upgrade to Killer Navas, and unfortunately, he kind of is, and it's because of his age. I mean, Killer Navas to me is a, is a very solid goalkeeper, should be a goal, a starting goalkeeper. Anywhere he plays, but unfortunately, I mean, Donnarumma, with the fact that he's young and and playing at a at a high level, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, looks more likely that he's going to be the starting goal. And weirdly enough, PSG going for another Gigi, uh, another Italian goalkeeper with the name Gigi. Well, well John, that's John Luigi. Thing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Well, my thing was um. With with this is um I mean this this young Gigi you know it's um like you said it's a luxury move. Do you think it's really cheap to get him for fourteen and a half million? Like, do you think so? Like, do you think that this kid yeah. at twenty two years of age, it's kind of he kind of lessens his value? I mean, so, I still so, remember that. So so here's the thing though, at least with with, with Gigi Buffon, I feel like he's definitely better than Keppa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, if the if, if logic would speak to me, I I would assume he would be getting paid more than Keppa. But um, oh, yeah. but I mean the thing you can also throw in is that Donnarumma still hasn't really competed in that I mean he's competed in Europa League, but he's, he hasn't competed in Champions League. So yeah. he hasn't necessarily gone in that big stage yet. And even this last season when he was in the Europa League with Milan, they obviously they faced Manchester United and then that was it. So I mean, they didn't go really, didn't they? Didn't really have a deep run, um, and so like you can throw maybe that argument that we haven't seen how this guy will handle in the high, the bigger stages. I mean, we'll yeah. see how he does in the Euros because obviously he should be the number one for Italy. But um, yeah, I mean, right now, and honestly, if I'm done a rumor right now, I'd probably be waiting because I mean, what happens if I? I mean, it, this is kind of a gamble as well. I mean, you you can go into the, into the Euros and have a bad Euros and, and you, you lose your value or you go out there and you, you're the best goalkeeper in the tournament and now your value increases. So it's a big gamble. I mean, I don't, I think that obviously this is not official, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Donnarumma just because he, he's, he's Italy's future. Like he, I mean, he's going to be, he'll be competing in at least like three world cups. Obviously yeah. Italy, Italy, Italy qualifies, but Maybe even more because obviously goalkeepers, you kind of do want age with your goalkeeper. Not necessarily like being old, but I mean like experience is more valued and as a goalkeeper as as versus being younger. But we'll see how that goes, man. I mean, there's some interesting. We'll keep an eye for sure. We'll keep an eye. Yeah. So it's it's that, so that that ends the transfer watch uh, for this for this week. Once again, we'll be constantly doing these throughout uh, the off season. Just because it's going to be pretty busy and the rumors are going to be galore. Um, but let's get going with these headlines, Edward. First off, and I don't even know, I can't believe we're actually starting with this. Nikaxa has a new ownership group. 
I mean, they do. They still have the owner that they have, but someone just partially. Someone swooped in to get, um, get some, get some, get some, some of this Nicaxa, which is crazy to think because Nicaxa is. Uh, uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you want to? Call, what do you want to say? What about Nicaxa? Well, I mean, I mean Nicaxa, not- like they, they, re- I think, like maybe, what was it? Copa America, what was it, Centario? I think that's when they just got uh, called up. They finally moved up into the first the first division in, in Mexico, back in like, Liga MX. Um, they're... I mean, I, I guess they win it, you know, they, they win it. They, it. This essentially was a buy low, buy, buy them low, right? Like, they're yeah. hoping that they can buy them low and then obviously reap the benefits of of possibly being a, uh, a contender at some point. But that's very yeah. hard, especially in Liga MX. But anyways, so this ownership group, I believe like so, I, I believe one of the owners from DC United also is part of this group. But these are like the, the names that like pop to me. Okay, maybe not one, but these names pop to me when when I saw them. And so uh, the, some of the some people from the new ownership group for Necaxa is Eva Longoria, you know, the actress. Uh, Desperate Housewives. She was in that Dora the Explorer movie. Um, Eva Longoria? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So she's part of it. Masut Ozil. Obviously, you guys don't know. He's a soccer player. He plays right now in Fernabanchin. He's been rumored with DC United. Did play with Real Madrid. Also played with Arsenal. Um, so, he has quite the quite the resume himself as a player. Oh, yeah. Wonder if he's going to be one of those player owners. I doubt it. I think that's maybe no. Probably, I don't know. Um, basketball star Victor Oladipo, who currently plays for the Miami Heat. Um, Justin Verlander of the Houston Astros. Say what you want about the Houston Astros, you know. But 2017 World Series champion Justin Verlander. <laughs> I know this is going to piss <laughs> off everybody on unhinged sports right now. <laughs> 2017 World Series champion Justin Verlander. Um, also a a a multi Cy Young winner, um, so I'm gonna say Cy Young winner. I'm not gonna say multi Cy Young winner because I feel like I might be wrong there, but I feel confident enough to say multi Cy Young winner. But yeah, <laughs> so Justin Verlander and also his wife Kate Upton is also part of the ownership group. So both of them invested on this team, and wow. um, Bodie Miller, a. I think he does like like snow extreme snow sports, maybe like snowboarding. I didn't really read into this gotcha. guy, but Bodie yeah. Miller. Um, so them and some others went ahead and bought fifty percent of Nicaxa, and wow. they're actually offering something a little different, and that is they are offering one percent, one percent each to the public through NFTs. Um, so basically, what what someone could do is that, and when they all of them once they made the, made it official that they are now owners of Nicaxa, they dropped it on social media and they also offered a link to go ahead and buy into Nicaxa to get a percent share of Nicaxa, which mm. is of their of from their uh, sh- stakehold. Right, so, right, right. So anybody could go in and buy a share. Of Nicaxa and obviously reap the benefits. I believe that, that you can get a discount on tickets, obviously apparel. I believe if Nicaxa wins a championship, they're also giving them rings. Um, 
Nice. So I tried. <laughs> uh, turns out that you have to at least have like two hundred thousand dollars in your bank account. <laughs> oh wow! So that's not me. <laughs> Maybe one day. That's one. That's one percent. Jeez. No, I mean no. That, I don't. I don't know. I. I because I didn't get to continue because I'm like, obviously, I'm not valued at $200,000. <laughs> wow, that just shows how little little support I have for myself. <laughs> I, I'm not worth $200,000. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is getting depressing. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but anyway, so like I said, they were offering this to the public. The Mexican Football Federation denied it. Not the ownership part, the, the whole NFT thing. And it isn't because they think it's immorally wrong because obviously Mexican Liga MX and, and Mexican uh, football, you know, morals doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with those things because, you know, we know about the corruption in Liga MX and all that, all that good stuff that comes in that league. But it's because they did not get approval from the Mexican Football Federation. So they're not mad at them for wanting to do this. Maybe they thought this. I mean, technically, I believe Santo Laguna, I think I mentioned it before. I do believe that the fans have some ownership as well of the team, or at least the city has ownership of Santos Laguna. Um, I think that's what I read. But the thing that the Mexican Football Federation didn't like was because they didn't ask for approval before they can go ahead and do this. I'm sure they'll go ahead and, and make a proposal to the Mexican, the MFF, um, MFF. And I feel like I said too many Fs initially. But basically, they're going to... I'm sure they'll make a proposal for them to approve it. Like I said, it I'm wasn't. Sure. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm sure it's not. They're not like gonna disown this because I think it's a really cool concept. It's gonna get people to watch Nikoxa, especially if you have some stake in that. Um, so yeah, exactly. That it's pretty cool. I think it's really cool to see this ownership group, and and this is a really unique thing. Um, I mean, not really necessarily unique because there is like teams that do offer you to buy. A share of the team, I believe the green, like I said, Green Bay Packers do it as well. That you know, and you know, you can go and buy ownership of the Green Bay Packers. Um, I don't know what they offer, but I know you can. Ha- you there's ownership of the Green Bay Packers. So I mean, there's other teams that do these things where you can have a percentage of the ownership of a team. So, but it's cool to see it in Liga MX, and obviously, seeing these names is pretty cool. The fact that you're seeing Ozil affiliate with a team like Nicaxa. Or Justin Verlander, or even Eva Longoria, is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and so, I think if anything, it's going to help grow more people, more viewership in League IMX. And that's what I'm liking to hear because obviously, me, me and you have said plenty of times that League IMX is a very fun league, and people should definitely check it out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, man, the playoffs are always fun to watch, and if Nakasa makes the playoffs, that's that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So the next headline. Some there's finally some sort of repercussion for this shit. I I don't like that it's coming from one of my fan bases, but an Arsenal fan pleaded guilty on death threats. Mm. So a 19 year old fan from Singapore, not gonna say the guy's name. I don't want to put his stuff out there like that. I mean, technically, I am putting his stuff out there like that, but I'm just not gonna put his name on it. But and I'm sure you could probably just look it up yourself. So I mean, <laughs> but you, you didn't get it from me. Is all I'm saying. You didn't get it from right. me. But a 19-year-old Arsenal fan from Singapore sent death threats to Brighton forward Neil Mapai, 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 I think it's Mapai, Neil Mapai, Mapai, in June 2020. Now, for to get some like kind of a reference uh, to what happened, Mapai, uh, 
he kind of he did like a I believe he did like some sort of slide tackle which ended up leading to Leno being injured. Which funny enough, this is how you know we were talked about we talked about Emmy Martinez like not that long ago. And here we are bring, kind of bringing back how Emmy Martinez was able to get his value from Aston Villa. But um yeah, like I said, um he, you know, he, he injured Brett Leno. Um, a lot of people were very angry about that, about that. And then also kind of to throw insult to injury, I do believe he scored the game-winning goal, which Arsenal ended up losing that game to Brighton. Um, so, obviously, this guy was angry. And instead of just, like, finding something positive to use that frustration on, he chose to do what everybody does on social media, and that is attack people on social media. Now... Trolling people is one thing. I, I, I ever can tell you, I troll a lot. He does. But I do not send death threats. I, there is a line, and when I, I feel death threats and racial slurs is where you cross it. I never go there. I just do it for fun. I never try to get it, go political or anything when it comes to like me trolling. But th- this is where you draw the line, and I'm glad that there's finally someone getting its comeuppance, even though I wish it wasn't from an Arsenal fan base, but you know what? So here is what the guy is going to be facing. He could either be fa- either face a 10,000 euro fine or he can serve two years in prison. Mm. And judging Ooh. the fact that he's a 19-year-old, I don't think he necessarily yeah. has 10,000 euros just lying around him. <laughs> yeah, I know. So he might, he might as well just take that two, that two year deal, that two year prison sentence. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll find out in July because that's when he will be sentenced. So oh. we'll see, we'll see what happens there. All right, all right. But yeah, just, I will say, as it's good to see that there's not, like you know, obviously we've had a lot of people speak on like, uh, you know, social, you know, social media abuse, specifically racial abuse, but obviously death threats is also something that needs to be. There, there should be a, a very high tolerance for it. low tolerance, yeah. zero tolerance. I, I don't know why I said high zero tolerance. tolerance. Zero, there should be like zero tolerance on death threats. And I mean, that's just, I mean, let's face it, Twitter, social media is just accessible. It could be a, a very liberating and, and inspirational thing, but it also could be accessible. Yeah. But, uh, and it's kind of funny how like next, next week we're, we're actually going to interview somebody that works in social media. So. <laughs> <laughs> This is definitely not a good look as for some of the questions that I have for this interview. But yeah, let's face it, social media could be accessible. Any, but yeah, so I'm glad that someone's getting their comeuppance. At least there's that. Um, but yeah, so that's all I gotta say. Unless ever want to add anything to that. Mm, not, I mean, honestly, not really, because like you said, I mean, I really think there should be no tolerance whatsoever for death threats and there's, there's a line, and it's clear if you cross it. I mean, it's, there's no way. And, and I, like, so we were like, what do, I, I guarantee someone's like, what if they're just joking about the death? Like, there's things you can make fun, make jokes on, and I just don't think telling someone to kill themselves. Yeah, it's it uh, <laughs> it, not a joke. That's, that's not, not a that's joke. That's not something to all. joke around. Like, I mean, you don't know. You don't know. And honestly, honestly, like, I know, I know. You know, you don't know. What that person is dealing with, so I mean, yeah. So maybe, maybe he's having his own little things going on at home, and you know, maybe football is is out. Exactly. And and then, for all we know, next you know, he finds out that because 
of his football life. Now people are wanting to kill him, them, or he wants they want him to kill himself. It's 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 hard. Like you know, it's it's yeah. hard to to realize that. I mean, there's a whole thing about bullying at school, and at school it happened. So imagine this shit happening in the real world. I thought we were out of high school. I thought we were out of school. I thought we were grown. So for for that fan to do that, you know, was just, eh, you know. yeah. All right, Edward. The next headline is Jordi Cruyff becomes an advisor for Barcelona. Oh yeah. So if you guys find that last name very interesting, it's because well, you should be because that is the son of Johan Cruyff. Not only did Jordi, uh, not only is Jordi Cruyff the offspring of one of the most legendary Barcelona players and managers, because let's face it, he's the guy that built La Masaya. He's the guy that innovated the tiki taka. That's safe to say, Edward. Anyways, yeah. so Johan Cruyff, not only is that, but Jordi Cruyff played for Barcelona at some point. Not necessarily as like amazing as his dad. Not like I'm, not, yeah, yeah, not like but a big, big name. He is an alumni of La Masea. He is a former Barcelona player. And it, it always helps, to, especially if you're trying to bring back the Barca way, is by bringing someone who embraced the Barca way. And that, exactly. is, and that is, of course, La Masea, building through their youth academy, you know, bringing guys in that are going to not only not only getting superior, like great athletes and great players, but making sure that you make that you develop through youth and 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 build the culture and a culture that everybody's going to believe in. That's the Barca way. I know that I'm a Real Madrid fan. And how, how the fuck do I know the Barca way? Well, I'll tell you why, because I've been tortured by the Barca way. So yeah, if anybody can speak on the torture, pretty bad. If there's anybody that can speak on the Barca way, it's the guy that's been tormented by the Barca way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's just um, but especially especially go ahead and step aside, Edward. Edward, go ahead and and go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, honestly, it's just um, with the with the Cruyff method, it was always you know trying to get the young players a chance it's not just any young players not just buying a young player from another squad and stuff but giving a chance to the, the guys that came out of the, you know the, the, La Masia and uh, the, like Iniesta Xavi Puyol hell PK came out of there went to Man U then came back and I mean dude that, that, that squad was that squad was going, you know, hard. Hell, even I think what like the Spain squad that won the World Cup, I think it was like eight players all together that were like forming uh Real Madrid and Barcelona. Eight or nine players. Just 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 them, just together. So I mean, uh with La Masia going and especially with having a midfield as strong as Iniesta and Xavi. Um, and then even Messi, you know, he he was technically a product of Masia. He's the only one left, honestly. Um, I mean, Kipedri, you know, he's he's coming out of La Masia, but you don't know if they're going to rely on him as much. Um, Ansu Fati, um, he's part, also part of the La Masia. Uh, it's just um, little things here and there where it makes me think that with Jordi Cruyff at the helm, and, or even not that at the helm, but uh, he becomes an advisor. He could advise them to bring, like, you know what? Let's bring in this young, young kid or this youth product from La Masia up. Let's give him a trial run. Let's say even in a friendlies or in one of those uh, international, you know, go around the world kind of, kind of, kind of cups. Um, even with this whole COVID thing going on, you know, it's it's um it'll be fun to watch, to see this happen, if if it does happen, because we're not entirely sure 
if Jordi Cruyff is actually like his dad, like Johan Cruyff, um, to bring the Masia. I'm, I'm hoping and I'm really expecting him to be that way, to be, uh, to bring back, you know, La Masia, the Barca way. Hell, for all we know, we're going to get back like that exceptional tiki-taka. They're going to find players. They're going to find the diamonds in the rough. And it's going to be, I mean, it could be amazing. It could be something that we get to see, to love as a Barcelona fan, to fall in love with Barcelona all over again. Because, I mean, I love Barcelona, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like, okay, it's kind of gotten stale because they're not playing the same way. They're not the same championship teams that you would expect. They, if they play the tiki-taka way now, it seems kind of off because even the players that they have now, some of them, you know, they haven't been brought up on that tiki-taka. Um, so it, 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 it's just the dynamic of, of the club itself. You know, it, it, it could change. The entire thing could change. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, uh, I think, I think Jordi Cruyff, he, like I said, if he has that same mentality as his dad and he's as an advisor, he could possibly bring back La Masia. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you hope for. I'm hoping for it, bro. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is, like I said, man, you know, Batman needs, you know, Batman needs his Joker. So, um, I mean, Real Madrid, it, it, and it's funny how, how disrespectful we are still to Atletico Madrid, even though they just won La Liga. But, I mean, obviously, when, when it comes, when you think of La Liga, you think of Barcelona, Real Madrid, because that's El Clasico, that's the rivalry. So, I mean, both, yeah. both teams need to flourish in order to really, for La Liga to be really successful, even though we see the value in a lot of these clubs in La Liga. Maybe some don't because they have that English Premier League bias. But, you know, you need your two giants. And I think, obviously, bringing, bringing Barca back to its glory, and it's not even like that long ago, but kind of going back to the Barca way, which is honestly, they've kind of gone way far off from that. Um, but if they can go back to it, I think it's 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 only going to be good for Barcelona and it's only going to increase the competitiveness for Real Madrid. So I think both need to coincide in order for La Liga to be very successful. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And so maybe with this whole, let's say, let's put it this way. Maybe with Mbappe going to Real Madrid, and that's going to be like the Real Madrid coming alive with, uh, you know, Mbappe. And next thing you know, we need La Masia back. It'll be it'll be a fun, fun games to watch now, you know, trying to bring out La Masia and training them just as like, you know, the first teams instead of just, oh, you know, we'll keep them, you know, in the academy and stuff. It'll be it'll be something to watch, honestly. Mm -hmm. All so right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited now. All right, man. Time for the debate. Like I said last week, we didn't have a debate topic. Um, this week we it was only because we had like a, just a lot to lot of shit to cover. But we do have a debate topic for this week, um, which is going to be ironic because this actually leads into our game previews and our game recaps. And it's kind of funny how this is what we're talking about. But yeah. Well, before we get to the debate topic, make sure you guys it's it's going to be posted on on our social media once again at Instagram MC on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you're going to see the post. Obviously, you are more than welcome to give us your, your two cents on the topic. And also, if you guys have an idea for a debate topic for a future episode, you can either send it to us in a personal message, once again, I, through Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC, or you can just put it in the post as well. So we'll be, we'll be definitely looking for that. And obviously, if we do like 
topic. We'll go ahead and have it for a future episode, but we'll even give you a shout out um, to let you guys know that we, we see you and we appreciate your guys' participation. But Edward, this topic, and it, it's a topic that has a lot of opinions. A lot of people view it. Some some see the good in it, some see the bad in it. And um, mostly I hear negative things. But Edward, is the Nations League pointless? Mm, I guess it just depends on where you look at it from. Because I'm pretty sure maybe Europeans or me, some people, you know, think it is. But I guess since we're we're from here, Concacaf, um, I, I don't think so. Like I, I think it's a good way to measure where you're standing. So, so for those that are trying to figure out what exactly Nations League is, uh, I'm sure everybody on Unhinged, Unhinged wants to know. Um, but obviously, because the Concacaf Nations League just finished, and UEFA did their Nations League, I believe in 2020. Um, where Portugal ended up winning that one. And we'll get to the CONCACAF one. But um, essentially what the Nations League is, is kind of FIFA's way of having something competitive versus having friendlies. And, and so for those of you who want to know what a friendly is, it's, it's basically just like an exhibition game that you schedule with another national team. So you can really pick any national team. Well, obviously the national team has to accept it. But, um, you know, like say the U.S. wants to... You know, they, they see their what group they're like. Let's say the U.S. are in the World Cup, and in the in their group, they have to go up against uh, Ghana. Even though that's a country that they do see plenty of times, um, they have to face Ghana. And so, to prepare themselves against a, a team from Africa, they would set a friendly with a team from Africa, kind of similar, basically similar to the skill set of what Ghana would have. And then, you know, to test themselves, see how they fare against that team. Obviously, it's not going to be the same because, you know, obviously you won't, you won't know until you actually face that team. Um, but you try to get at least something close to that team to prepare yourself for that. But it, during the during the regular season, you know, you don't have competitions in the international level. So you just do friendlies. So, I mean, sometimes it's just, just like maybe see, maybe you want to test a formation out that, you're kind of been intrigued on, for instance, you know, the U.S. against uh, the U.S. when they played against Northern Ireland, they decided to try out a a three a three uh, a three in the back formation, um, you know, just to see how that that would look. And obviously, you know, they won that game, but um, it, you know, so you can test out formations. Maybe you can test out a player. Um, you know, so you know, sometimes it's, you know, because it's not the stakes aren't high. Like it's just. Is basically to play for bragging rights, but also kind of just to see how your team is progressing as a national team. Um, so FIFA wanted to make it a little bit more competitive, and that's when they brought in the Nations League. Um, so there's incentive to actually win during the FIFA international breaks now. Um, so that's kind of like the gist of what the Nations League is. It's just another competition and kind of in a way to replace friendlies. There's still friendlies still happen, but I think. This is kind of like, let's move on from the friendlies and let's actually play games that mean something so we can, you know, see how that goes. But anyways, Edward, that's basically, I mean, Edward already knows Nations League, but I mean, that's what the, the, the premise of Nations League is. So what do you think, Edward? I mean, I, I, I still don't think it's a waste. I, I honestly think. But it's something, it's not a necessity. It's just a good thing. It's like, I guess, because like I said, if you get to see where you're at. 
it's kind of like um for example let's say you play in real life semi-pro you know but then you go off and you go play with your friends you know not cascarita and stuff and it's like training practice you know and then let's say you, you and your friends go and play with some random people it, it gets to i guess you could say it measures you up maybe to teams that you don't get to play as as much as well or you know if, if let's say we just kept the world cup you know like that just the world cup in general and then no other uh what you call it games whatsoever just world cup qualifiers and the world cup you know you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to be like facing off against some teams that you may want to measure yourself up to because then you won't know where you stand you know i mean that's that's how i see it so i i mean i'm i'm a little i'm on the fence with nations league i mean the thing I like about friendlies is obviously you you can be a little bit more liberal with what you want to do. So, like for instance, with the U.S. men's national team, um, if there's like a a player that I want to that I'm I don't want to necessarily put him out there on, on a real competitive situation, like obviously like a winner you know winner go home kind of situation. Um, like uh, let's say uh, try to think of a player. All right, like if I want to test out Julian Araujo against against Denmark. Like just to see how Julian Araujo would look against a European team, uh, a team, a, a national team from Europe. A friendly kind of gives like it. It doesn't put a lot of pressure on the player because you know, you know, it's not gonna. There's no like real consequence. I mean, I do believe that the friendlies do judge like the FIFA does judge that towards their FIFA rankings, but not. I don't think very heavily. But um, you know, it, you can test out players or once again test out formations. Um, Whereas in a competitive situation, when you're playing in the Nations League, it's obviously winner go home or however they set up their that that how each confederation sets up their Nations League. Um, but and, and I think specifically speaking as an American fan, a USA fan, um, because you know no no offense to Concacaf, but the competition isn't necessary. Like the US, the US and Mexico aren't going to get better per se in Concacaf. And I know this sounds so stupid and ignorant from me. If anything, it benefits more the smaller countries um, for CONCACAF. Like, you know, this, you know, Guatemala now has a shot to like improve their situation or El Salvador. So it does help those teams. And I think that's what nation, what FIFA was looking for in Nations League was having, giving opportunity for those, those other countries that usually are like low in the FIFA rankings to kind of, improve and give their shot to play against a better opponent and to get you know to get better so i like that aspect but obviously now it's like when you do your call-ups for these nations league games it's like i can't be messing around like i gotta bring in a team that's gonna come in and and win these matches that i got for nations league so we could go on to the next round and obviously compete for the nations league trophy i mean um yeah, I mean, I can see your point. I, I see your point. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm still like, I guess you put me on the fence now. Damn it. <laughs> Damn you in this debate. <laughs> but I, 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 I'll say, I'll, I'll say that I think the Nation League isn't pointless. I think it does bring competition. It, it, like competition is good. Like CONCACAF isn't going to get better unless they're competing. Like, you know, the the CAF isn't going to get like the African uh, Federation isn't going to get better unless they compete. Like 
you know, have a competitive setting for them. Same thing with Comnebol. You know, I mean, Comnebol is pretty competitive as it is. And UEFA and even Asia and Oceania. Like, they're not going to get better if, if they're... Because, you know, obviously, like I said, with friendlies, you pick who you want to... You know, you have to, like, approve who you're going to face. And maybe not everybody wants to face uh, uh, New Zealand or or no one wants to face in El Salvador. No one wants... No offense to El Salvador. But um, <laughs> no one wants to face a Bolivia. Like, you know, so it gives those teams at least a better shot, at, at least securing a better matchup. Maybe not for them, but I mean, a matchup that at least is going to test them. So, I think for the sake of that, I think it does it does benefit the smaller countries. And I mean, it does benefit the, the larger countries. Like, it will benefit USA and Mexico if CONCACAF gets better, because if CONCACAF doesn't get better, then obviously, they're just kind of like, a they're a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like it does, it, it does mean something when Concacaf gets better and gets more competitive, because that means that if Mexico and USA are able to get better in a better uh, confederation, then that just mean that just kind of solidifies how good those national teams are. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, you kind of put me on the fence now, but I'm still leaning more towards you know, it's not, it's not a waste, it's not a. It's not pointless. Like I, I think, like you said, it creates competition, and I, even I said that. Like it, it makes you stand. It makes you see where you're standing. So it lets you. I don't know. Switch things around with the roster because then at this point, you know, if you go so long without uh, that friendlies and uh, competitions such as uh, such as these, then you won't know who to put at a certain position. Maybe they're on a rut. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I agree. Um, like I said, guys, um, go ahead and like I said, at this point, it's gonna, the post is there. You can go ahead if you're listening to this right now, whether you're listening to this through Spotify, Apple, or Pandora, or all all the other major uh, podcast platforms, or if you're listening through uh, unhingedsn.com, which first of all, hi, um, I told I told I told Jim I was gonna be this is gonna be a constant thing, but if you guys are hearing this right now, <laughs> it is available right now on our social media once again at at insert name MC on Instagram and Twitter. The post is gonna be right there. So if you guys, if you guys do feel it's pointless, go ahead and tell us, share us your thoughts. Um, and then obviously, if you if you do think that it that there is a point to it, then go ahead and also share your side. And once again, if you guys have an idea for a, a debate topic, go ahead and either send us a personal message once again on Instagram and Twitter at insert name MC, uh, either a personal message or you can respond on that post as well. And if we like the topic. We'll go ahead and feature it on a future episode and we'll give you a shout out as well. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we're going to go into game recaps and, and some really, really good stuff. So. Bro, where did you get that sick jersey? What, this thing? I got it at Fanatics. Fanatics? Yeah, Fanatics. It is a one-stop shop of all things sports. They sell jerseys, hats, shirts, jackets, and much more. You can go our bio on Instagram and Twitter at insertnamefc. You'll see our link tree to Fanatics. When you go shop on that link, you will not only be getting some fresh gear, but you'll also be supporting Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. I'm going to go start shopping now. Yeah, I'm going to go start shopping now. And we are back. We want to go ahead and thank that great partner of ours and make sure you guys take full advantage of that so we could, uh, I don't know, make this our permanent job. So. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't want to like, I'm not a, like, uh, I was going to say, I was like, make it a permanent job. Come on, guys, let's do it. <laughs> All right, Edward. Games to recap. What is your game to recap? Okay, so my game to recap is actually um, the game we were talking about. Well, we talked about a little bit about it earlier, but uh, it's actually the final on the Nations League Cup for the CONCACAF. It's um, U.S. versus Mexico, which it was a very, very, very intense match. A three to two win for U.S. And it, it was intense. It was a really intense matchup. Like, it really was. I don't... It was... Uh, I, I, I was honestly on the edge of my seat the whole time. Now, it stayed up late to watch it. You know? So, yeah, that's gonna think, let I, you know. I think we all were. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Um, I drank. I didn't drink a lot, okay? I'm not, like, a, a real heavy drinker, but... I mean, I, I usually my rule is, like, okay, the game's about to be over. I'm gonna stop drinking. And then it went to extra time, so I was like, okay, well, now I have an excuse to keep drinking. Um, so, so that's basically what happened. But no, it was a great game. Like Edward said, I, I was on the edge of my seat. I love this rivalry between USA and Mexico. Um, even though it's fairly favor, favorite one-sided, usually. But the rivalry is there. Obviously, USA always wants to prove themselves against Mexico. Mexico feeling that CONCACAF is kind of laughable and obviously we've heard the rumors of them wanting to move to Comnebol, but yeah, this rivalry is just so good. And and for the people, like, okay, I don't know about you, Edward, but I know for myself, I love the, the energy that the Mexican fans give give to every single game. And I yeah. know that that comes with, some, with some, some heavy baggage because obviously them getting rowdy, the, the alleged uh, discriminative phrases that they use. Look, I get it. The whole, when they do goal kicks and they yell out puto, I, I, get, I get that that could be a little homophobic, even though puto is, is, is bitch. That's what it means. Puto means bitch in, yeah. Spanish, in Spanish. Well, it also could mean something else, but like it, it's all in context when it comes to these like Spanish words. But the, the, the direct translation of puto is bitch. Um, when they scream out culero, uh, I'm not going to say what, what that word translates to in English, but I will say, I think everyone can agree that it is a homophobic slur. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to say it's, um, it's just saying somebody's gay, like, you know, take yeah. out the ass kind of shit. Yeah. So well, once again, so culero, I get it. Um, that I can, I can maybe live without is hearing culero puto. I'm not necessarily like, oh my God, like, you know, end it, you know. But Culero, I'll definitely say maybe that could be a little bit drawing the line. Um, but they're hostile. Like, that's what, like, and that's even going, it's not like they do this only towards the U.S. or other, like, countries. They do that with their own. Like, they do that in the yeah. MX. Like, the energy that the Mexican fans bring is is something, like, out of this world. I do know that they go a bit above and maybe a little too radical for some people. Um, right. I know the whole throwing their beers at the players. Like I get that there's there's certain things that people don't They're like. Intense. It's an intense. It's an intense. Let's just put it this way. It's an intense at atmosphere. As as weird as like some of the things that they do is a little bit off. I love it. Like I love the energy that the Mexican Mexico fans bring. Like they cover the stadiums. Like I, like I mean I was there for the the 2019 Concacaf Gold Cup final. Mexico versus USA. There was literally one section in the whole, in whole, on all of Soldier Field in Chicago that was U.S. Everything else was a sea of green with some white spots. Yeah. Like, 
USA, if you, the US fans, like, uh, this is my little, like, I guess, public service announcement to US fans. If you don't want Mexico to have takeovers like this, go to the games. Yeah. Most of the, most of the Mexico fans are coming from Mexico to watch these games. They travel to the US, they travel to Japan, they travel to South Africa, they travel to Russia for yep. L3. Like, hate them all you want, but they bring it. Like, I mean, people they love them. The people love the Mexico fans. Like, there's, uh, there, I know that there's other countries that respect Mexico fans because they bring it. Like, that's passion. I get, I understand that there's some things that they say that's a little bit over the line, but that's what comes with the with L3. Like, that's the passion that you want, and I love that the that how much the energy these guys, these the U.S. men's national team players brought. They they wanted the smoke. You saw them want the. I mean, the fact that Christian Pulisic faced the Mexico fans and gave them the the shush, and you know even embraced getting the beers thrown at them. Like, yeah, I was that was like I was like fuck yeah, like I want like I was like let's do this. This is how you the bring, this. bring the rivalry back, bring this rivalry up to where it should be. Like I found it entertaining. This is the rivalry. Like we we tweeted that on. We tweeted that on social media literally after, like, this is the rivalry. This is the game. This is what we want. I want more of this. Like, I want to see more of this. And I, I, I can't. This is kind of basically like a preview of what the Gold Cup should be coming. Because this was a good game. Yeah. Like, it was a little rough at the beginning. It was rough at the beginning. But, and that's the thing I like. The mentality was there. They didn't give up. They kept fighting. They always answered back. And that was the best part of that game, Edward. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. I mean, it was a very intense matchup, and I, I agree. Like that, right there, just the game changer. Honestly, the, the stop from the goalkeeper, the penalty stop from the goalkeeper when Guardado shot it, Hover, Hover, Yeah, I mean, twenty-five years old, and for him to do a play like that, like that, that was intense. Like everybody just. Everybody was just excited when that happened. Now, like, to, now to be fair though, it wasn't the best games for both these teams. Like, no, this, it wasn't. this wasn't this wasn't the Mexico that that me and I were usually see, and this definitely yeah. wasn't the U.S. that we used to see. Like I said, it started very slow for the U.S. Um, I feel like the the, ter- the 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 theme here was uh, capitalizing on mistakes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Mexico scored the first goal. Like, in the first minute, they scored a goal, um, which was right. off a mistake from Mark McKenzie. Just a, exactly. poor, just a very poor pass. That's, and that's, it, that's not something you can... Especially a, a player like Tecatito, you can't give that to him because he's going to... He's going yeah. to capitalize on it, and he did. I don't think any, I don't think Zach Steffen could have really stopped it. I think that that was just... It was an awkward angle. Props to Tecatito for kicking that because that, it's a weird angle, not only for the keeper, but for the the guy that's shooting, that's an awkward angle, yeah. and, they, and they got and he got in the back of the net. There was a there was there was gonna it, it could have been two to nothing. Obviously, VAR found it to be off, offside, so that was beneficial to VAR was also kind of entertaining to watch. Also, by the way, in this game, um, but Giovanni Reina comes in, scores the scores the first goal for the U.S. and. Also, an, a very, very defensive error from Mexico because Anduna just stood still. Yeah. When he should have, like, 
in hindsight, like, I mean, I'm glad that Antuna made the mistake. And I, I, I'll say this. I like Antuna. I think Antuna's a really talented player, but he's overhyped. He's overhyped. A little. I think it's just because of the fact that he was part of Man City or some, something like that. But now he plays for Chicago. But he's overhyped. And this, and I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of Mexican fans that are kind of tired of Antuna. Um, but the thing I have to say is when he, why, like, he should have moved away. Like, if he would have, you know, obviously moved where to make Gio Reyna offside, he's the reason why the goal happened. Like if he if he didn't stay still, if he actually put himself in a position where he got Gio Reyna to be offside, the goal wouldn't have happened. And who knows how that game would have turned out. But because of him just being flat out an idiot, you know, Gio Reyna, and I mean it's great to see that the that our big star like the big guys that we're hoping could be something for the US men's national team are the ones that scored in this game. Um and Gio Reyna was definitely the guy to me has been the best player in Nations League for the US. Um that's also including in the semifinal against Honduras, I think he, our best player has been Gio Reyna, in my opinion. Yeah, he was no, he was doing this dribble and man, he was fighting every single every single play. I felt like he was fighting in it, and I was so mad when they 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 subbed him for Sebastian Legette. But I mean, you know, we still got the win. But uh, but yeah, that goal happened. Um, and then man. I will say the only thing, and as much as I don't hate the guy, like I love Tim Ream, but I think Tim Ream is kind of done because <laughs> Tata was definitely exposing that area where, where Tim Ream was. And clearly oh, yeah. when, when he takes out Antona to put, bring in Diego Yanes, and yeah. literally as soon as he steps Diego, on the field. Diego Lainez? Lainez. I guess I think I think Yanes because I, I think it has like, I thought it has two L's, but no, I think it's one. Yeah, you're right. It's one L. But Diego Lainez, he goes in there, literally, as soon as he comes in, scores a goal. And yeah. what did you know? Tim Ream was the guy he was going up against. Um, like I said, defensive errors, um, and then also set pieces. I think the U.S., obviously, their, their two goals, their two on-the-field goals was obviously off of, off of uh, corner kicks, which I'm glad to see Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna being the guys that are doing the set pieces. Um, I think that those should be our guys. No offense to Sebastian Legette, uh, just... I think Gio Reyna and, and, and Christian Pulisic have a better delivery of the ball. Um, but that was, a, that was great. Um, and then, obviously, the penalty. <laughs> um, in your opinion, do you think that was a penalty for, for Christian Pulisic? Um, I'm sorry, what was that? It cut off a little bit. Um, I said for the penalty, like, do you believe that that was a penalty for Christian Pulisic? Um, the one that Christian Pulisic took, the the what what led to the penalty, like the penalty that was given. Well, oh, okay. Honestly, yes, uh, I do because he actually put his foot. Like, if you look at the replay, I was watching the replay the whole time. I was at first, I was like, no, he got all ball. He got all ball. I, I was actually like, I don't think that was a penalty. But then, when you see that his leg touched his body. First, like with his left leg, and then with his right leg, he used his right leg to kick the ball. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of like he pushed him. The ball was basically in motion, and he had already hit Pulisic. And then that's when he kicked the ball with his other foot, as in a way to try to put his stance. Kind of looked like it, it was it was all ball. Yeah, sure. But I mean, also, so, also so it, that it, I... All, it all happened in a very split second. So if you look at it, his his leg does hit. 
he crosses his body first, then in that same motion, it's like literally you would have to, the rev had to slow it down so he could see it. And then that's when he was like, okay, it's a penalty. I was like, okay, I agree. So I was like, okay, I agree. You know, I was like, I, even I was like, I don't think that's a penalty. But I was like, I don't know why they're checking the bar. I was like, I think that was all ball. Man, and sure enough, not, they not only, not angle, only that though, like, oh, but the that when they were doing the whole VAR thing, you had like the benches hulling over to see what the oh, ref is looking at. Everybody, uh, everybody, yeah. I believe that's when Tata Martino got the red card. He got yeah, because he went and grabbed him from the shoulder. He kind of like I think I think he was trying to tell him, oh, hey man, what's up? You know, it, you want to go it get got, a drink or something? It got physical in this game. Like really yeah, physical. Um, I love seeing what DeAndre Yedlin and, and Weston McKenney when as soon as as soon as uh first of all, Hector Herrera should have been should have gotten a red card at oh, some yeah. point. Tw- oh, yeah. Two prime opportunities where he was he should have got a red card. I think one for trying to strangle Weston McKenney. And then obviously when he had studs up, actually I guess technically he could have gotten a, uh, he could have gotten an instant red card with, with the Ethan Horvar uh situation where he where he slid tackled him. Actually made, I, I- yeah, he 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 deserved a yellow card on that one. Okay, because I, I, I was when, not, I wasn't sure. I thought I felt like I saw studs up, but then I was like, no, oh, it was it was it was studs up. But what saved him from getting a full red card is as soon as he got to the ball and he saw Hopeforth there, he kept his knee inside, like in towards his torso, so he okay. didn't stretch his knee out. If he would have stretched it even just a little bit, and you would have seen he actually went to go hit him. And yeah, you 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 would have been like, okay, that's a straight okay. red. But he went he went slid, and then when he was going sliding, I mean, you can't really stop yourself from that's sliding true. onto right, in motion. True. So right. then he kept his his leg inside, like he tried to go for the ball, but when he saw the goalie already down on the floor, he kind of he kind of left his, his his knee towards his chest. So he kind of you know scrunched up a little bit, kind of like doing a crunch. Okay, but yeah, so, so like, but seeing that, and then obviously the. One that he tried to strangle uh, Weston McKenney, which I guess nobody saw that, um, except for people that are watching it through the TV. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously when he it was studs up again with uh with with Tim Weah, but like going back to that Hobart situation, because as soon as that happened, the first person I saw was DeAndre Yedlin coming in and defend protecting his goalkeeper and standing up for him. And then you saw also Weston McKinney, like they wanted the smoke. Like these guys wanted this. This was the rivalry. You saw you saw people throwing, you know, you got Chucky Lozano also getting in there. Um, like it, it got pretty physical, like the rivalries there. Um, I loved every minute of this game. But obviously to have Gio Reyna score a goal, Weston McKinney scoring a goal. Weston McKinney was also a contributor to that Gio Reyna goal, I believe. Um, yeah. But like, you know, to have those two score goals, and then of course having your your Captain America, Christian Pulisic, to come in and and I mean, let's at the beginning, Christian Pulisic was very quiet. Like he, I I don't think he had the game that I mean m- most American fans want to see. But I mean, he came in when he, he 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 came up when he needed when everybody needed him, and obviously that was to score that penalty, top bins. Like there was no way Ochoa was going to get that. But I mean, the the true the true hero of this game. Even though I believe man of the match was given to Weston McKenney, the true hero of this game was definitely Ethan Horvath to come in um, for yeah. in the second half for an injured Zach Steffen um, and takes over. And I mean, to be honest, like even though you know obviously they lost to Switzerland two to one in the friendly where he started, it wasn't it wasn't his fault that they lost because he was a real good he was really good against Switzerland. Um, and he comes in and he 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 reassures everybody why he's really that good and 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 come in. 
and finished the game, had some good saves. I mean, obviously, he gave up a goal to Diego Lanes, but comes in, does a really good job, um, and then obviously gets, gives uh, has the game-winning save because uh, obviously that was near the end of the game. So if, if uh, Andres Cuadrado scored that goal, they would have gone to penalties, and who knows how that would have ended, um, even yeah. though the, the fatigue was clearly there on both sides. But um, I would say Mexico probably had the advantages because they, they still had like two substitutes. They, during the extra time, but um, honestly, even in paper, uh, Mexico Mexico uh, had the advantage on paper. Um, so let me let me see this. Okay, so Mexico had fifty seven of the percent of the possession, and they even outshot them twenty one to fourteen. But the funny thing about that is, seven shots were on target for each for each team. So out of those twenty one shots. You know, seven of those were on target for Mexico, and fourteen, basically half of those shots were on target for the U.S. Yeah, man. So, so this game was just—it was just a really great, great game. I feel like we, I feel like we can go give this whole, this whole, like this whole game, like thirty minutes to it, but we don't want to do that. So, um, but great game, and obviously USA ends up winning their first, the first, not not their first, the first Concacaf Nations League title. Um, obviously, this is a big boost for this team. It was an ugly game, but it was a beautiful game. I had so much fun. The fact that this overshadowed the Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather fight. <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, I didn't have, I didn't even have any idea until I started checking on Facebook and stuff. I was like, "What the hell? There's a fight today." Yeah, it, this this was better than the Floyd Mayweather Logan. I mean, it should. There was, more, there was a better fight there than there was in the fight itself. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and once again, the iconic image of just Christian Pulisic taking his shirt off with the shush, shushing the Mexico fans and then tossing the beer. And also funny, the, the thing that I found so funny was uh, when the Mexico fans were tossing a beer and one of the beers landed on the face of uh, Arajo. Yeah, it was actually a Mexican player. It so was that, was, that was kind it, of ironic. It was a full, I was, it was a full beer too. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it was, was like they just popped it open you, and- I mean, Araujo hit like he you 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 saw him like checking his face because I mean that was a, yeah it was a pretty full beer, but like I said, man, like I understand the, that people don't want that kind of, but that's the energy that Mexico fans bring. I loved it. Um, I know that that's going to be a different take from others, but I was all for it. I lo- I love what the energy the Mexico fans bring. It's always entertaining. That's what makes the rivalry the rivalry. Um, and then it, I, I guarantee you, even though. It sucked for Mexico fans to see their team lose. You know, props were given to the U.S. because that was a battle, and that was a great battle. It was. It really was. I was really surprised. Yeah. But, all right, so what's your your uh, game to recap? Um. Well, I got the Houston Dash beating Kansas City one to nothing. So for people that don't, don't know about Kansas, uh, you, you guys remember one of our, I think it was actually our first episode when we talked about the... The Utah Royals owner uh, getting kicked out for for being inappropriate. Well, they moved to Kansas. The, the Utah Royals ended up moving to Kansas City and became Kansas City. So there's a little little update on that one. But yeah, Kansas, uh, Houston Dash beat Kansas City one to nothing. Kansas City had 52 percent of the possession. The shots were even, 14 to 14, and the only goal that was scored was from defender Katie Nodden. Um, which it was one of like their big signings that they had when obviously going into the, into the the Challenge Cup last year um, to have Kay Nodden kind of be that leader in the backfield and comes up big for the team and scores a goal. 
Um, you know, Houston Dash trying to get back in form and getting some wins under their belt, especially when some of their players are going to be leaving for international duty pretty soon. So, I mean, this is a big boost for the Houston Dash. And they also just have, they just got uh, a player on loan, um, Maria Sanchez, who plays for Tigres, uh, the, the women's uh, Tigres team, who actually did win uh, their their league, like, not that long ago, and then comes to the Houston Dash. So, um, yeah, just great win for the Houston Dash. Um, get some more wins, because you know, definitely want to see them do well in the NWSL. Yeah. So okay. So all right, all right. I mean, I personally didn't see the game, but it, it sounds like it was pretty badass. I mean, Houston Dash winning. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And also a beautiful. It was off of a corner. Funny how the a lot of corner kicks are being scored here in these game recaps. But um, it, it was an assist by uh, Kristen Mewis, who once again looks amazing and. Can't wait to see her play for the U.S. US Women's National Team as well. So, yeah, those are yeah, games right. to recap. All right, Edward, Players of the Week. All right, so my Player of the Week, and we're going back to that U.S.-Mexico game, Ethan Horvath, because he comes in as a sub after uh, Zach Steffen ends up getting injured. He injured himself, by the way. Uh, his knee, I believe it was. I um, don't know the condition of him, him right now, but it's like, Damn, like, you know, it kind of makes you think, would Zach Steffen actually stop that penalty? Because that was the penalty that saved the U.S. from going into basically extra penalty time, you know? So, I mean, it was it was an intense, like I said, and then he actually did some good stops, not just the penalty, but he did some badass stops where I was like, oh, wow. Like, it was, it, was, it was intense. It was really intense. And I'm pretty sure the adrenaline was getting the better and also at the end of the game, like you just the adrenaline after that penalty, he was, I'm pretty sure he was all hopped up until the, until that uh, whistle blew. No, but, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. And I, I feel like the pet, I mean, hopefully Zach Steffen, it, it will be fine. But I, I think that if in case he, he can't compete in the gold cup, I feel like Ethan Horvath is the guy to go. And depending on how he does in the gold cup. And I mean, obviously he just had like a stellar performance um, here. This could mean that he could be going elsewhere. Like this guy needs to go somewhere and be a starting goalkeeper. Um, so hopefully we get to see that for him because I definitely would love to see him be a number one somewhere. And this could be this could bring some competition for Zach Steffen, especially if if Zach stays being the number two goalkeeper for Man City to Ederson. Um, the fact that you know he's playing regularly and competing regularly that could benefit Ethan Horvath to be at least competing for that number one spot with Zach Steffen. Yeah, exactly. And it's not that's not necessarily a bad thing to have a, a goalkeeper competition. You know, that just shows how good quality these goalkeepers are for the U.S. It means that there's death. It's like you could say that we're back to the um, Casey Keller kind of goalkeeper. You know, um, what I mean? Casey Keller and Tim Howard and Brad yeah. Friedel. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So yeah. All right, my player of the week is, and I'm going to the USL. And that is Elvis Amo, who scores a hat trick in Rio Grande Valley Toros four two win against Miami FC. All right, so, all right. Give, giving giving some love out there in the valley, also part of Texas. Um, shout out to all my friends that actually are part of the Rio Grande Valley Toros. Uh, my good friend Ronnie, uh, she she does the the media stuff for for uh, the Rio Grande Valley Toros. So shout out nice. to shout out to her. Um, so gotta give some love to the Valley. 
definitely want to go to one of their games because their stadium, one, their stadium is beautiful and it just looks like a fun atmosphere. And I saw the food selection there. Yes, this is you know me being a fatty, but the food looks good. <laughs> the food looks yeah. good. So I de- we oh, definitely, yeah. definitely want to hit up Rio Grande Valley for a Toros game because it looks like a fun atmosphere. Um, I really do think Edinburgh and that the whole the, just the Rio Grande Valley area is just is very underrated. I actually, um, you know, we actually went down there for a wedding, and like it's 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 really it's really pretty. Like I, I like I like that area. Um, so definitely. So shout out to Elvis Amon, and obviously, like I said at the beginning, we were hoping to have Kelsey here. Um, obviously he's not because it's not you've been hearing Kelsey talk right now. Um, and so yeah. he did give us a player of the week, and I'm going to respect that as uh Lucas Nemcha, who currently plays at Anderlicht, I believe in in um Belgium. He scores the game winning goal for Germany U21's one nothing win against Portugal's U21 team. So it you know the fact that like right you now obviously we don't have Euros yet and all that so. We don't have like a lot of options, but I mean, this this gives us a chance to highlight some other players. So this was a really cool one, uh, and obviously getting to look at the USL, something I've wanted to try to do. You guys see me go with some off the wall players, so um, obviously from uh, kind of from Brentford, but just it's cool to see the other leagues and give them some shine as well. Yeah, so oh, that's should, good, bro. Congratulations to Ethan Horvath, Elvis Amo, and Lucas Nemcha for being our players of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Edward. The 2020 Euros. Yes, you heard that right. The 2020 Euros. For those who <laughs> don't know, obviously last year we were supposed to have the Euros. It was postponed due to, well, you know, this thing called COVID. Um, I don't know if you guys knew about that, but yeah, so that happened, um, which ended up postponing the Euros to now 2021, which it kicks off this amazing summer of soccer. We already had the CONCACAF Nations League kind of do its thing. I think it did not disappoint. And now we're going to go into the Euros. Um, it's a fun tournament. I love watching this tournament, um, obviously, because this is, you know, UEFA. Um, but yeah, it's it's done every four years, uh, similar to the World Cup. It actually kind of is like World Cup two years later, Euros. So it's a, it's a pretty fun tournament. Um, obviously, you have Italy, you know, you have like Italy, you have Europe. So you have like the, the players that play regularly in obviously the European leagues. So a lot of lot of fun stuff. But we're gonna go ahead and look at the groups. We're gonna me and I will we'll pick who we think could win the group. And then we'll even give you guys our thoughts on the group of death and who could be our favorite to win the Euros. So Edward, Group A, Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. Okay. Uh mine on that one, Italy. Yeah, I'm with you on Italy. I, I think this was the consensus was very simple on this one. Um, I think Switzerland's going to be a fun team. Turkey and Switzerland could be the matchup, I think. But uh, for those who want to understand how the Euros work, the top two teams in each group advance to the knockout round, and then the four best third place teams also advance to the knockout rounds. So I think I think we could see Turkey moving on as well, moving on to the knockout round. I think they could definitely clinch at least that fourth spot. And, and yeah. as far as the third place teams, all right. Group B: Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Russia. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna lie, man. I kind of like this group. I kind of like this group. It's not. I mean, there's some obviously there's some good teams, 
But I think these are yeah. the teams that maybe people, okay, maybe not Finland, but like Belgium, Denmark, and Russia, there's some really good teams that are pretty consistent. Um, so I can't wait to see this group specifically. I wouldn't say they're the group of death in my opinion, but it's a really good group. Yeah. So um, uh, this one, I guess maybe Belgium. Oh, I'll say Belgium because they got uh, Lukaku. I, I'm going to be boring and pick Belgium as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on I, 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 maybe some people think I'm going to say Russia, but I wouldn't sleep on Denmark, and that's because of Peter Schmeichel. Um, okay. So, yeah, Denmark definitely has a top goalkeeper, and that could make things easy for that attack. And, I mean, maybe we could see some something from Christian Eriksen as well. Um, but, yeah. But Belgium, I think, is a strong heavy favorite in, in that group. All right, Group C is Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia, and Ukraine. I'm gonna say the Netherlands. I, I think it's 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 it, the Netherlands are back. It's a safe I, bet. It's a safe bet, but the yeah. Netherlands are back. I like what this team has. Um, so yeah. I, I I think it's it's pretty safe to say that that it's Netherlands group to win. Yeah, I All agree. Right. All right, Group D: Croatia, Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. I'm gonna say this for for English fans. I know Croatia has been. A pass. Obviously, they're the ones that eliminated you in the semifinals of the World Cup. Um, <laughs> but I gotta say, I like England in this group. I think England looks. They, they, they. I feel like they've gotten better since the World Cup. Um, probably just the quality of players that they have. But I, I'm liking England and to win this group. Um. Yeah, England. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Because I, I had to really think about it because I'm like, eh, I've been seeing some stuff about England. But, but yeah, England looks like to be the stronger one on there. All right. All right. And All right. Group E, Poland, Slovakia, Spain, Sweden. Ooh. Mm. Uh, Spain. Yeah, I'm with Spain too. Uh, Poland and Sweden could be the a fun matchup. This could, yeah, those could be a, the dark horse teams. I think only, I, only because of Lewandowski. I feel like Sweden could definitely be a, a moving, could go into the knockout round, but being that one of the, like I said, top four third place teams, um, I think that they they look really good. Um, and then the the final group, Group F, France, Germany, Hungary, Portugal. I feel so sorry for Hungary, <laughs> and I I know we were gonna save this for later, but let's face it, this is a group of death. This is the group of death. You yeah, have this is actually, yeah. You have the 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 2018 World Cup winner, the 2014 World Cup winner, the 20 what was it 2016, 2016 Euros. Yeah, 2016 Euros winner. You got three champions in your group. Obviously, you know time is gone, but Germany looks a lot stronger now, especially with some of the young players that are coming out of there. Portugal, I feel like they have found some some sort of golden generation with some of the young players they have. Hopefully, Joe Felix can find himself. Um, France, well, France is just not fair. I <laughs> France is just not fair. So, this is a group of depth. Uh, and this is really hard to pick. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Germany. I think Germany is the winner of this group. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Germany is just a freaking powerhouse, dude. Like, it's just 
ridiculous how strong they are. Yeah, so I, we're both going with Germany. As well, I, as for me, I'm gonna say Group of Def is Group F. Um, I'm, yep. sure, I'm pretty. I think you're gonna. Yeah, the consensus is Group F is Group yeah, of Def. It's like pretty, pretty much. We both agree. Yeah. So this this is just a hard group. I feel sorry for Hungary. Um, all yeah, three, Hungary all, all, just... France, Germany, and Portugal are gonna move on to the knockout rounds. I mean, that's gonna happen. But just, I'm so sorry for Hungary. <laughs> yeah. They might not win a game. Um, but Edward, just looking at all these teams, who's your favorite right now to win the Euros? France. Okay. Okay. Rich get rich. Yeah. I mean, Benzema Benzema wants to make a statement. Maybe win the Euros could be that thing. They should have won honestly, they should have won the 2016 Euros. Um, but Portugal had other plans in mind. Yeah, right. Looking at this, man, I, I'm going to go with England. I'm going to go with England. It's coming okay. home. It's coming home. I, I love, I mean, okay, Southgate, I know, has been criticized a little bit, but I like the players that they have. This is going to be, this is their chance to make a statement. They look really good in the World Cup. Can they, can they continue that form? And get some silverware, and and I think this is this could be England's best shot right now, especially with the players that they have. Because um, I mean, in the World Cup, they didn't have Jaden Sancho. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big difference maker. You got him and Harry Kane up top. That's huge for them. Um, I feel like this is this is a good chance for them. It's it's gonna be fun to see Jaden Sancho uh, here in this international level in, in a big stage like the Euros. I can't wait to see it for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, hands down. That's that's gonna be something really exciting. Yep. So there you guys go. Um, that is the, the our preview for the 2020 Euros that are going to be in 2021. And the next one is the 2021 Copa America. This actually is supposed to be this year. So Yay. Um, it's going to be hosted by Brazil, even though the host countries were going to be Argentina and Colombia, but it's now going to all be in Brazil. Um, so here are the groups. This is a little bit different from usually. They usually have three groups, um, but um, they're going to have two groups of of five and the top four advance. So basically two teams get eliminated in the group stages. So in group A, which is a south zone, it's going to consist of Argentina, Bolivia, Uruguay, Chile, and Paraguay. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who do you think is going to win this group? Oh, this is a good one. Um, damn. Honestly, it's pretty hard to pick. Um, I'm gonna go with Bolivia. What? I'm sorry, Argentina. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I love. I was it. reading. I, mean, I was reading. I was reading Bolivia, but I meant Argentina. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm with you. I got Argentina as well. Um. Yeah. In all right. So Group B is the North Zone. Um. So. Essentially, obviously, if you guys knew, realize that Colombia and Argentina were supposed to co-host this tournament, and now that I'm looking at how these groups are placed, now I understand why Argentina and Colombia were the ho- were going to be the hosts because they were obviously Group A was going to play in Argentina and Group B was going to play in Colombia because they're mm-hmm. it's, it's the north and south. But in Group yeah. B, you have Colombia, Brazil, Venezuela, Ecuador, and Peru. This might be the group I don't want to be in. Like yeah, it's actually a good group. I mean, don't don't take out Peru just yet, man. They they 
they, they seem they, they're capable they're capable this is actually uh this was the one i guess you could say if we had to choose one or the other a group of death i mean i want to say ooh, I, I, I think I so because i would say don't sleep on ecuador don't sweep don't venezuela, venezuela has gotten better venezuela's and better got, yeah peru is getting better and better brazil is brazil colombia is colombia so i mean yeah like, even without james rodriguez like they can still it is a it's a very competitive group um but yeah. when i look at this i gotta go with brazil i mean not only that but because it's in brazil they look good yeah. at home we saw that happen with in the, the the 2019 copa america where you know brazil was the host and brazil won the whole damn thing so um i wouldn't expect anything less from another good performance by brazil in their in their own country but who's your favorite um for all together mm-hmm. argentina just because i feel that does messi finally does messi finally do it he does, could probably redeem himself for that penalty that he missed all those years ago i mean there's no gonzalo Iguain, so there's that's gotta mean something right <laughs> oh man dude i still can't believe that that, that would have been the win that would have been the win um, I I got I got I just gotta say I think once again you're in Brazil. I'm sorry, but Brazil. I think Brazil, Brazil? does. It. I hope it's Brazil Argentina. I mean, I would love that to be the final, but yeah, I think Brazil wins wins the Copa. I think they're my favorite to win the Copa America. All right, all right, okay. So there's our preview. There we'll definitely give you guys updates as we move on to the next rounds of the of these tournaments. And then obviously at the end of these tournaments, we'll have the gold cup. So mm-hmm. it's gonna, like I said, it, it doesn't end for us here. All right. Uh, games to preview. These are just some games to be looking out for uh, this, for this coming uh, days. And that is Argentina versus Chile. Obviously a Copa America matchup, England versus Croatia. We kind of mentioned a little backstory between these two already. And for you MLS lovers or people that want to get into the MLS, uh, there I believe there's only one game really going on for the MLS, and that is Sporting Kansas City versus Austin FC. Last time they met, Sporting Kansas City won two to one. Sporting Kansas City have scored 15 goals, where Austin has only scored five. Um, I'm just gonna say Sporting Kansas City is probably gonna win this game. Um, they do. I don't know if they'll have Polito back. I know Polito was playing for Mexico. I don't know if they'll yeah. have him. If he'll be in, in in good condition to come in and play instantly, but that's some I guess something to factor in. But I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, Sporting Kansas City went, still wins it. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Right. Um. I, I guess I'll give the underdog maybe because it's just a mapping on head thing, but I'll give I'll give Austin FC the. All right. <laughs> All right, man. All right, so. That's Game Previews. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we're going to wrap things up with three up, three down. Hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward. And we are Insert Name FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com. Hello? I'm sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. We will see you there. And we are back. All right, Edward. Three up. Three down, and today's topic is songs that get stuck in our heads. Everybody's Ooh. been, everybody's dealt with this before. There's always like you're just chilling, and all of a sudden, bam! This song just pops up. 
Sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. That's why we have a three up, three down for this one. Uh, Spencer, yep. as of right now, Spencer still hasn't sent me one, so it's gonna be just, so far just you and me. So, Edward, do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Uh, you go first, bro. You can do the. Uh... All right, three down. Obviously, these are the songs that we maybe not like, or bands that we. Uh, you, uh, you got. You guys get the reference. You guys at this point, you guys heard enough. Three up, three down. So you guys know how we do things. All right, start things off. At number three, I have Lola Montez by Bulby. Uh, which one's that one? Uh, by Volbeat, like Lola Montez. Vol- Volbeat. Yeah. Um, how, how does it go? Uh, give me a little, give me a little section over here. Uh, feel the fire I'm not when she walks. Lola Montez, so beautiful, shady and tempered. Um, Damn, that one. Okay. Okay. Anyways, now I don't hate the song. I actually do like the song, but anyone could tell you, especially over. I'm not a Volbeat guy. Like I don't. It's not something like I only know a few songs from Volbeat, and the the, to be honest, the lead singer has a very weird voice to me. Um, and so like I've never I I don't know why this this band just. Like it's been very recently. That's probably also why I have it at number three. Just recently, for some reason, I'm listening to their songs, even though once again I'm not a fan of Volbeat. Um, it's not like I don't hate them, but I also don't like them either. And just they, right. they have a few songs that I find kind of catchy. And so, but this song, for some weird reason, I don't know why, has been stuck in my head. And so, like, it's kind of annoying because it's like. Obviously, the way to fight this is by finally hearing the song so you can get it out of your system. Um, so, yeah. So, number three, I have Lola Montez by Full Beat. Number two, Edward can know this, but Baby Shark. Oh, dude, that was actually going to be one of mine. No, I think that was going to be like my number two as well on my and, down. Look, like, I love my nieces. Everybody, you know, I love my nieces, I love my <laughs> nephews. I love my godsons, but they played over and over and over. Brother used to play right now. I'm telling. But also, then you, then obviously, if you guys know that, not only do I love soccer, but I also love baseball. And when Baby Shark was at the height of its of its listening ship of it, baseball players were walking on with. Baby Shark, and obviously it's because they want to like, okay, my child wanted me to walk on to Baby Shark, and that's why I'm walking on to Baby Shark. So I had to hear this at baseball games too. <laughs> so it, it's like, it's just, it's everywhere, and it, it, it it's catchy, as, as, even though the lines are very simple. It's catchy, it's, it's stuck on your head, and then once it's there, it's not leaving. And so number two, Baby Shark. At number one... You- what? I was going to say, you know, and they even have remixes with that shit. Yeah. And number one, I See You by Luke Bryan. Don't know wow. how the song... Huh? Really? What? Uh, I mean, you... I See You by Luke Bryan? I mean, you guys already know I don't like Luke Bryan like that. I listen to some of Luke Bryan's songs, but I'm not as... Not necessarily Luke Bryan. I'm not a Luke Bryan fan. And the only reason why, if you ever catch me listening to Luke Bryan is probably because, you know... I'm with someone that likes listening to Luke Bryan. <laughs> it's kind of like Cat Williams saying, "Like I don't drink Crystal, but girls do." 
That's why he has crystal in the fridge. But anyways, so yeah, that song gets stuck in my head. Don't know why it pops up in my head. It's not a song that I listen to a lot. Obviously, I don't really listen to Luke Bryan like that, but it just pops up in my head that I like. I think it's probably just because like the little guitar riff that it has that maybe that's the reason why it gets stuck in my head because I do like the guitar riff. But yeah, so so to reiterate my my three down, number three, Lola Montez by Volbeat. Number two, Baby Shark. And number one, I See You by Luke Bryan. Okay. Okay. All right. And also, All I right. find Luke Bryan's voice a little weird, too. <laughs> I mean, that dude literally... I mean... I don't know, man. Like, I feel like he's... Uh, He's all right. It's not like I'm not saying, "Oh my God, amazing!" Yes, and everything. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't hate Luke Bryan. I just, I'm not, I don't, I don't put energy on Luke Bryan. All right, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I do have a song that I like from Luke Bryan, but it's like, um, eh, it's all right. I'm not like, I, I think I memorized it, but I, I guess I haven't heard it in a while. That I just, I all guess right. I lost. Okay, so here's my here's my three. All right, so my bottom three. Here we go. Okay, so my bottom three is number three is um. <laughs> I guess I got tired of it because uh, there was this time where I would listen to EDM, and now it just kind of uh it rubs me a little bit. It's because I guess cause it, it came out on the radio. It came out a lot, a lot. Mind you, I'll listen to ADM now and then because um, I watch Initial D and that's literally all they play on the show, on the anime. It's like the old 90s initial like uh, EDM music. So then, you know, you go back to like, you know, whatever was big here in America. And even though it wasn't originally in America that it was made. But uh, number three is I'm Blue. You know? Dava Diva yeah, exactly. That I was like, so listen, and then here's the story. I was like, oh, every time I had to fucking start that shit, I was like, I think someone oh, sampled. Okay. I think someone sampled that song now. Like, I think there's like a. Nah, song I mean, right I'm, now pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that bitch was like, um, blue, 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 and they fucking make a whole yeah, fucking that, different that song. That right there it. is the '90s. Uh, for what was it Eiffel '65? I think that was the name of the. Book. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And then um. Okay, so that song is my number three. My number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna bop off Hector here because I had it in my list at my bottom. My kids used to listen to this so much to where the point where their first their their one year birthday cake was a baby shark cake, and um, got them baby sharks. And I even got them the baby shark shit. Um, but they uh, it's baby shark like baby shark. And then what's worse now is like baby shark. They remix a song where it's um. Into the Sand, the, another EDM song, like a long time ago. That was from oh, the 90s. They, no. basically, they basically, yes. You haven't heard it, bro? No, but I don't want to. <laughs> after, the, after the podcast, I will show you. I will send you the TikTok that has it. I mean, it goes it goes pretty hard because, like, you know, you, you're like, oh, another Ricky Shark song. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what? What? It kind of gives you that nostalgic feeling. All and right. so that's why I was, I was like, oh, my God. It's a song, right. bro. What, what's your number one? And my number one. <sighs> okay, so my number one bad song is um, it's uh, what you call it, the um, 
the okay the Six Flags song, the the one the the oh, Venga bus. Uh, the Venga bus is coming. Yeah. Because every time you automatically something something like that, but it was like it just oh god. I mean, ironically, all of these are EDM, but it's like most of most of them are like. That- that's like nineties yeah. as you as it gets, man. But yeah, bro, that's what I'm saying. Like those songs from the nineties are the ones that kind of stick on you. Like these new millennium songs and stuff. All this mobile rap, you can't really remember what the hell they're saying. So a lot of times, you know, you go off the beat. You're like, oh, I know this beat, or oh, I know what this is, everything like that. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, it, it's, it's it's pretty intense. But yeah, number one is that. So number three is I'm blue. Number two, Baby Shark. Number one is uh, the Venga bus is coming, I guess. I don't fucking know. All right. All right, man. My three up is number three, Everybody by Backstreet Boys. Oh, God. Yeah. Basically, I mean, it's safe to say everyone at least has a Backstreet Boys song that they have on their list, whether it's a three down or three up, depending how you feel about the Backstreet Boys. But yeah, it's a, it gets you hype. <laughs> Uh, at least to me, like when when you hear that, like the initial everybody, you're like fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, number three is everybody by the Backstreet Boys. All right. Number two, I mean, I, I couldn't make this list without having this person on there. No drama no, by Becky G. I've yet to hear it, but okay. It is a banger. It's got Ozuna in it as well. All right. Man, I love that song. Because it, it, it's just like, there's a part where it's like, no drama, no drama, no drama. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, and number one, You Remind Me by Usher. All right. All right. So, okay. So to reiterate, number three, Everybody by the Backstreet Boys. Number two, No Drama by Becky G. And number one, You Remind Me by Usher. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. I got you, I got you on that one. Okay, so right now I've been on this. Um, okay, so here's gonna be my top three. So here's my number three. I've been on this Lunai binge. And I'm, I don't know if you know who that is. Lunai? Lunai? I think, I, I think you mentioned, you mentioned it on a, on a previous Yeah, it, it was like, yeah, it was a previous one. I think it was like... Um, Singers, I guess, that we like, or our top three singers, I guess, that's on right now or something. <laughs> it was it was one of our podcasts where I think it had to do with artists. Oh, solo, solo, artists. solo artists, solo artists, yeah. Yeah, solo artists. So he was one of them. So I've been on the binge. Basically, like, I'll listen to his old shit, and then I'll keep going. This kid is, like, 20, maybe 21, I guess. I don't fucking know. But, like, he, he does bring out some good shit. It kind of reminds me a little bit of an old school, but, it, like, it meets the new school kind of stuff. So I mean he's got he's got talent he's got talent, um, and he's been doing collabs. I told you he did with Lil Mosey, and uh, but yeah, that's actually one song that's on uh, that's on there. But yeah, that that it uh, that number three is um is one of his songs, uh, his solo songs. It's uh, I know you've heard this one before, uh, Aventura, the one with uh, Anuel and Osuna. Mm. Okay, you've heard it right. Yeah, so yeah, he's actually the main artist for that song. Okay. Yeah, so he's the main artist for that song. Um, okay. But yeah, that's my number three. 
right, my number two. <laughs> Since it's funny, bro. I feel like this is how we're, this is this is this is um why I guess why we're friends, you know. So my number two, <laughs> my number two is um Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. It's okay. like that guilty pleasure song. All right, I yeah. guess. I, like I said, you can't do this list without having Backstreet Boys. <laughs> you really can't. I mean, because then it's like, okay. It's so, yeah, you know. It, it, that's, I, I also that's think it, it doesn't help that you also like you also like Brooklyn Nine-Nine because there's a very yeah, iconic so then, scene that so features every a time, Backstreet Every time, every time, every time that the song comes on, I remember that scene. I don't even remember like oh the music video from back in the nineties or whenever whatever the fuck what happened. And what's funny is um, that music video is uh, is like the most boy band stereotypical music video. Well, okay, so check this out. The first time I ever heard this song, my mom was cleaning the house and she took me with her, and they all had they, the people had three daughters. They were kids too, and they literally made a fucking watch party. Uh, this is what happens when you're privileged. You have watch parties, apparently. I didn't know this. I just, you know, watch TV and I'm like thinking, oh, cool, I'm going to eat my mac and cheese or something. No, they had watch parties for whenever MTV, I guess, did this kind of stuff. Back when MTV um, used to play music? Yeah, so then the, the parents Back were there. And music they had television all their actually meant music television? Yeah, then they had their friends over and I'm over here, like, helping my mom carry the vacuum cleaner upstairs and kind of stuff. But off of the little banister, the banister upstairs, um, then you know you hear all the girls just screaming. And I'm like, well, of course, you know when I'm little, I'm like, I'm not gonna say what the fuck. I was like, what in the heck is going on? And I'm, I look up and I'm like, I hear the song and I'm like, oh man, I was like, it's this song, and I got so upset. I remember back when I was a kid. I mean, I wasn't a Backstreet fan, whatever, dude. I was like, yeah, it grows on you. Like, it grows on. It you. grows on you. It grows on you. It's like it's like it's like that music with your parents. You listen with with your parents and stuff. It kind of grows on you after that. You kind of miss it, but. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, that's my number two and my number one, <laughs> um, my number one is kind of tricky. It, uh, it, you got my, you got my uh, attention so far. <laughs> I know it's gonna, it might affect you. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on how you, how you see me. Um, so it's a, it's a bachata song. Um, it's that, uh, the Aventura, Obsesión. I mean, as soon as you hear the beeper sound okay. come on, you already know. You okay. already know what's going on. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, okay. So that, but I mean, that, that I feel like everybody, uh, ups, uh, ups, yeah. Yeah, obsession. Uh, for those who don't know what obsession means. <laughs> oh, well, if you guys want to listen to the English version, you can go ahead and try to find Ooh. it. Or you can actually... Ooh. You mean the, mean, Frankie, the Frankie J version? No, no, no. The Frankie J version? Hey, the Frankie J version was all right. That's not that bad. And then and then, and then when they remix it into the reggaeton version... Yeah. But anyways, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah, obsession, I feel like it's the... The one everybody knows as far as like bachata. I think it's probably one of the most yeah. frequently played songs. And that's the great thing with Spanish yeah. music because they'll play like songs that are like super old, but it's still it still bangs. But no, yeah, obsession yeah. is a good for some reason, I don't know why. I thought you were gonna say shorty shorty by extreme. And that's because oh, no, no, just, just, no. just how comical that's not, it that's is for not, me to no, for you for you, no, not, for no, you and your and your, your, your cousin. Nah, 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 don't you dare to stop. 
just stop right there. I continue that never happened. We'll, we'll we'll mention this story at some point, but uh, we're, but that's that's our three up three down. Oh, go, go ahead, re- reiterate. Okay, so my number three was um, Lunai's Aventura. Number two was Backstreet Boys. I wanted that way, and number one was Aventura's Obsession. Yep. All right, man. So that's the show. Uh, thanks for listening. I want to give a shout out to the Unhinged Sports Network. You guys can go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged and on Instagram at, at Unhinged SN. Also, check out their website, unhingedsn.com. Um, you know, obviously, you see what, who's currently playing right now on in, in uh, right now live on the. Obviously, if you're listening to us through Unhinged, obviously, you know, we're the ones that are live. But obviously, there's also some some blogs that are also available for you guys to read. I've, wrote, I've written some blogs. You know, humble brag, um, but yeah. So go ahead and check them out. Um, it, it, you know, it's a lot of great stuff there. There's a lot of great podcasts. Obviously, far on the bench, high low sports, which we mentioned a few times here. Uh, J Dash show, and also the 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 unhinged exclusive shows, which three in the key, uh, two for chirping, unhinged FC, which me and I were a part of with Kelsey from High Low Sports. Um, cover six once football season kicks back off. So a lot of great stuff, a lot of great podcasts. We definitely want you guys to check out Unhinge because, you know, they gave us a shot and we want to make sure that they, that we're not only we're growing, but also Unhinge's as well. So shout out to them. Um, and obviously you can catch us on our premieres on Friday at uh, 11 p.m. Central Time. Uh, 11 p.m. 11 a.m. Central Time. Jesus. <laughs> 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, and then obviously we'll be available immediately after on all major uh, podcast platforms. All right. And shout out to Alejandra Gomez and her company, ANG Graphics, for the creation of the Instagram name FC logo. We love the logo. We appreciate the logo. Um, I might hit up Alejandra to make uh, a Pride a Pride Month version of our logo, maybe. Who knows? I might, I might just ask that. And um, you can follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, it's at a.g.graphics with an X. Um, follow her. And if you guys want a logo done, Hit her up because she'll take good care of you. Clearly, like how well she took care of us. Yeah. And yeah. shout out to our guy, the producer of this show, Roosevelt Spencer, the guy that makes the beats, everything. Does the uh, even has to do our our karaoke's that we with these singing bets, which you and <laughs> him and Edward both owe me. Um, still, so yeah, not gonna hang that on y'all or anything like that. But yeah. uh, everything, you know, he's, a, he's he's the reason why our show is so good. Um, so we definitely want to always give them a good product. So shout out to Roosevelt Spencer. And once again, guys, if you guys are building a podcast or a YouTube channel, it's very, very important to, to, in my opinion, to have your own original beat, have Spencer be your guy for that. Follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Let him take care of you. Like he took care of us and he still does. So shout out to him. Thanks for listening. We, We hit episode 40, which is crazy milestone to us. Um, but we're not done yet. Um, so catch us next week for episode 41. And we do have a interview with somebody that I think is going to be really cool to listen to. So go ahead and, and check us out for next week. Yeah, yeah.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards. December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards. December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings. And choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply.